to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. Praise God. Joel chapter 2 and verse 28 Joel chapter 2 and verse 28 which is a prophecy of the end times and you could see this prophecy confirmed by Peter on the day of Pentecost praise God Joel 2 and verse 28. Joel 2 and verse 28. And the prophecy of the end times. And if you remember, Peter quotes this exact portion. How many of you have read it on the day of Pentecost when people thought they were drunk? And then Peter used this scripture to explain what was happening. He said, these men are not drunk as you suppose, but this is to fulfill what was said by the prophet Joel. And in the last days, and then this verse is quoted. So let's um, focus our hearts on it, even as I read. It shall come to pass afterward. If you want to know after what, read Start from Joel 1. And interestingly, we were on Joel 1 in, uh, during midweek, right? And we even touched a bit on Joel 2. Not so. Uh, the part of consecrating a fast. Then I think I just didn't go to the part of the former rain and the latter rain. But that's a story for another day. But remember the dream I told you I had? It was connected to that, the former rain and the latter rain. But some of it you will understand next year. I think that's when I I will feel I have permission to tell you what I saw. But it was crazy. God was showing me the coming revival. And it was crazy. Can I tell you one part about it that was really, really crazy? Um... Because what he would do is that rather than telling me this is how it will be, he was giving me opportunities to experience it. So in one of them, I remember I was interceding for someone. And I was, as I was interceding for them, it was as if I was there. Like where there is no difference, 
And then it's as if they could also tell there's something is going on here. And like, let's say they're not well, and you lay hands, they also feel a hand. Like some, but we'll talk about that next year. So I've stayed preparing myself. Like the vision was so shocking that I've had to put all of us on fasts for two weeks because I'm just trying to understand it. Okay. Now it shall come to pass afterward that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Next verse. And also on my men servants and maid servants, so both men of God and women of God, I will pour out my spirit in those days. If you read it from Acts, it goes on to say, and they shall prophesy. Let's go back. So now, one of the signs that there is an outpouring of the Spirit of God is visions and dreams multiply. Visions and dreams multiply. Visions and dreams are not strange to a believer. They are not strange to a Christian. They are not strange to a Christian. And with what's going to be experienced, I've also come to learn that, remember how last week we spoke about the awareness of the Spirit. I hope, I hope you don't think I've forgotten. But one of the platforms that he uses to make us aware are visions and dreams. And incidentally, I feel like people have more, most people have more uh, visionary experiences in dreams rather than in person. Maybe it's because they're busy. No, I, 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 I mean it. If you've noticed, to seriously flow in the prophetic, sometimes you have to give it a bit of time. When it comes to visionary experiences, because in this teaching, I'm not going to separate them much, okay? Dreams and visions. I won't go into the, this is a vision, this is a dream, so the difference is this and this. I won't go into that. So for now, I may use the keyword as dreams, but I'm really talking about visionary experiences, okay? Because when you read in the Bible, you will notice that when it comes to visionary experiences, one can have what we can call like, an inner vision, which is like, it's like, it can come like an impression, it can come like a flash, like, it can just come very quickly. But it doesn't interrupt everything. And then one can have an outer vision, where it's like they're watching it. It's like it becomes part of their world. One can have a trance. Now with a trance, the world stops and you become part of their world. One can have a vision of the night where it's a vision but it comes in your sleep.
And what you saw with prophets in the Old Testament, God's desire was for that to be for all believers. And that's why Moses prayed, I, I wish there were all prophets. Moses said that. So that's what we'll be talking about. Now, this will be helpful for some of us who've already had them. And for those who've had them and then they stopped, it's like you've been on a break, they're coming back. And then for those who've never had them, this is going to increase. And so this will increase whether we like it or not. So it's better we teach about it. Eh? Wonderful. It can save your life. I can tell you so many things about my life which had I not had that dream, had I not had that vision, or had I not had a prophetic inclination. I remember, how many of you guys remember the time I was invited to Kenya the second time? I accepted the invite, we set the dates. I suddenly didn't feel like it. I just didn't feel, I think I even called a prayer meeting. I said, guys, I don't know, I'm not feeling it. I called for a prayer meeting and said I didn't feel it. I just wasn't feeling it. And the dates that we had set, interestingly, I told them, I just, I, I looked for an excuse and I gave them. And interestingly, the dates that were set, if you guys remember, were coinciding with the plane crash that happened. And it was a flight from Ethiopia to Kenya and I was going to use that Ethiopian Airlines. What am I trying to say? Imagine what would happen if we paid attention. Imagine what would have happened to the, to the three wise, I don't know whether there were three. Okay, to the wise men. Okay, they gave three gifts, so. Imagine what would have happened to the wise men had they not dreamt of a warning that don't use this route. Imagine what would have happened to Jesus had an angel not appeared to Joseph and said, take this woman as your wife. And then afterwards said, go to Egypt, run away. Imagine what would have happened if Joseph said it was just a dream. I'm going ahead of myself. Solomon had an intelligent conversation with God. An intelligent, where you're talking, he's talking back. And it was in a dream. It was an, in, listen, guys, it was an intelligent conversation. As in, they were talking, he even had an opportunity, he was even asked, what do you want? And he could decide. And it was in a dream. And the guy woke up wise. So, the Solomon who went to bed and the one who woke up. Hey. Oh God, oh God, oh God. The first time I ever prayed for someone who was blind, it was in a dream. That's how I knew. And then I got tired of just dreaming. I decided to wake up. And I stayed looking. I'm serious. And it didn't work the first time. Didn't work the second time. But I just kept remembering there was that dream. There was that dream. The date of the COL launch came in a dream. Like the exact date. Like go launch it on this and this and this day. 
you know what, let me not say much. If I was to reveal some things, I think you would find me too funny. No, some things. <laughs> As in, if I told you some things. <laughs> let's, let's go to the... <laughs> you know, I'm remembering some stuff now. Because there was a year, I think uh, 16, when I was 16, and also when I was 17, around that period, I think from 15 to 17, almost every night I had a dream. Almost every night. I'm not even joking. As in, I would wake up disappointed if there wasn't one. Of course, there was a year where, eh. <laughs> there was a year where, <laughs> where you tried to force yourself back to sleep. Lord, somebody a prophetic dream, Lelo. I'm taking my time because I know this will bless you. Now, to understand dreams, you must understand the aspect of spirit, soul, and body. Okay? And this is where science is limited. As a matter of fact, in my time in education, if there is a topic where I found science off, it was dreams. I found it so off that I approached the lecturer and she gave a speech in class the next day. Guys, I'm just also teaching. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I was in a psychology class and they taught on dreams and what the dreams meant. Now, science ideally is supposed to be empirical, right? So it should be something that should be proven and can be done anywhere else. And now their teaching was coming from Sigmund Freud, who had studied people who had mental issues, right? And then I think he had just a few of them, and he studied them and came up with a theory on dreams, which he generalized to the whole world from a few people. I, I refused. I followed her. I said, now, if you are teaching us that, and you're telling us that's empirical, and then I'm telling you interpretations from the Bible, and you're telling me it's dogma, what's the difference? Why can't I also put my theory there as biblical interpretation for Ash? It came the next day. Guys, I also just teach. We all have. <laughs> Maybe that's why I didn't get an A in that course. <laughs> the exam was tough. And the question was about Adam and Eve, the irony. <laughs> okay, now, moving on. You have to understand the aspect of spirit, soul, and body if you're going to understand dreams. Spirit, soul, and body, okay? 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23. 1 Thessalonians 5 and verse 23. Now, it's easier to understand spirit, soul, and body from the New Testament because it's spoken about a bit more and distinguished. In the Old Testament, the same word for spirit is the same word for soul. So you have to analyze it from the context. Okay? Now it says, May the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. I pray this over you so many times. And let there be no fault with your spirit, your soul, and your body. 
Now, most of us think in the context of body, soul, spirit. The Holy Spirit seems to have another idea. It's spirit, soul, body. That, that's a higher rank. In case you haven't figured out what I'm talking about, I'm teaching on dreams. Or you can call them visionary experiences to make me look. Yeah. But if it's just vibes, put dreams. Okay. Whether I've used that in the right context or not, I don't know. But I aimed to use it in today's sermon. So now, funny enough, I, I, I went to meet my mom last week, uh, this, this same week, and we sat down and we're talking, one, we're talking about church and she was telling me how blessed she was by the same one. And she said, okay, now explain for me. What does its bookie mean? <laughs> so I had to explain it in context. <laughs> so I've decided every week I'll be giving them a new word. That way they can go mentor more teenagers. Praise God. So now, it says, may the God himself of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved. Now, usually we use terms like your spirit when in actual sense, as time goes by and we become more mature, we can actually, instead of saying your spirit, we can say you. Because you are spirit. As a matter of fact, the Bible calls God the father of our spirits. It says if we submitted to earthly fathers, how much more shall we submit to the father of spirits and live. So he's the original spirit, praise God. And so you are spirit. Do you remember when Paul was talking about an encounter he had and he said, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. You can find that, I think it's Second Corinthians, Corinthians, right? I think it's chapter 12. It should be verse 2, right? I think so. That was one of my memory verses because I really wanted that. Is it the one? I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago, whether in the body I do not know or whether out of the body I do not know, God knows. Such a one was caught up to the third heaven. Oh my goodness, I'll pray this over myself. I'll say, God, I know someone who some years ago, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know. <laughs> and for now, I can't go into details of what that resulted in. Now, I'm not that kind of person who um, decided that I'll just be this humble Christian. If God wants to give me an experience, he'll give it to me. If not, it's a ha. Me. <laughs> me, I found in Jeremiah where I said, go unto me and I'll show you great and mighty things that you've not seen before. Sometimes some of the prayers I make, I'm like, God, I just want to know, like, how do the other planets look? Like, can't you just take me on like, a journey one day? I just see. I won't tell anyone. <laughs> I'm very serious about that. I'm so curious. I'd like to know how God's wisdom just fashioned the heavens, how his wisdom... F I'm so curious about God. I'm serious. I'm so curious. I can ask, ask my wife. I spend a lot of time just watching. So how did God make these animals? I mean, how did this happen like this? I'm fascinated. Yesterday I was watching a snake trying to eat a lizard and then the lizard played dead. I'm like, how did the lizard know? <laughs> because apparently snakes don't eat what they've not killed. I'm like, how did it know? 
And, the, and then as the snake was going, the lizard even opened its eye a bit. Like, <laughs> I'm like, wow! I'm like, God, you're the one! <laughs> hey! <laughs> Praise God. Don't blame me. I'm looking for new things to watch for personal reasons. So now, the spirit, that's the real you. And this is the one that interacts primarily with the spiritual realm. When I say the spiritual realm, I mean in the spiritual realm, there are angels. In the spiritual realm, there are devils. In the spiritual realm, it's, it's, it's like everything is there. And your spirit cannot just connect to God, but can also connect to the spiritual realm. And that's, those are the tools that even people in the new age, that's what they use. And they'll call it enlightenment. Or they'll call it the third eye. I'm sure you remember that in Superstory. <laughs> For those who are alive. <laughs> no, the third eye. No, this is... So that's, they've gotten what's supposed to be our experiences. And then they attempt to scare us out of them. It's like Moses. Imagine if, I think I talked about it when talking about the finger of God. Imagine if Moses decided to stop doing signs and wonders because magicians were doing them. Or imagine if we decided to stop having real money because there's counterfeit. Praise God. And that's why if anyone is to counterfeit money, they will not counterfeit a three-quarter which doesn't exist. They will counterfeit something that's actually there. That's why counterfeit is there. So then there is the soul. The soul is very interesting. Now this part deals with the mental realm, reasoning, intellectualism, and the emotions. So with the soulish realm, you'll find your mind, you'll find your emotions, you'll find all those things. And I don't know if you know that once you're born again, uh, one of your tasks is the salvation of your soul. Are you aware? By how? The Bible talks about the renewing of the mind, eh? But let me just give you one more example of this because this can help you. This can help you. Let me have James 1 verse 21. Don't you guys just enjoy church? Eh? And the stuff you're learning. Therefore lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. I think the KJV says the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. So that shows you that the more you get the word of God in you, the more you can, for lack of a better term, convert your soul and even your soulish realm to align to God. And you've already seen that. Let me give you an example. How many of you have ever had a moment where maybe the presence of God is just so wonderful and you find yourself crying? Like, okay, me, I've tried, but at least in my heart, I know I do. I've tried. Like, okay, Lord, I'm just enjoying your presence. They can tear for it to come out. You wait this. 
others, it seems they have it to spare. They have some to spare. They can donate. But how many of you have noticed that as time goes by, what I mean is that you even get emotional towards God. Like, like it's, you can tell you're loving him now even with your heart. Like, it's not just your spirit connected to him. Like, you, your affections are aligned to him. And I think we're told in Colossians, right? Is it Colossians 3? If I remember my memory verses. Is it Colossians 3? Is it verse 1? The one that says, set your affections on things above. Hey. <laughs> then you find it's Corinthians. <laughs> it has happened before. Seek those things which are above. Next verse. Set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. And you can tell that Jesus has got a lot of love for your soul. He wants it. When he's asked the greatest command, what does he say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, all your soul. He wants you to love him with your soul. He wants, your, he, he wants you to be emotionally inclined towards him. Now, this part, when it is not saved, or when it is still growing, can also have its own ideas. For example, it can be deceitful. Jeremiah warns us, right? There are times you may, it may combine with the body and form what is called the flesh. To fight you. In case you think I'm joking, just on a normal day, on a normal day, you find you don't even eat breakfast. The day you are fasting. <laughs> and then when the fast finishes, suddenly you're not eating breakfast anymore. <laughs> now, that, 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 that spirit, soul, and body needs its own class, actually. It needs its own class. Now, you can't ignore the soul because to function on earth, you need it. Without it, you can't have your interactions with human beings. And I think it, it pretty much determines your worldview. Your worldview is pretty much determined in that light. And it's an area Satan fights a lot. And it can also feed into your dreams, by the way. All these things I've mentioned, in, for today I'm using them in the context of dreams. Then there's your body. You're looking at, uh, guys, you know your body. The one that you, you, you bath every day, hopefully. <laughs> uh, the one that interacts with the physical realm, the one that gets hungry every day. And it's just beautiful. So many processes go on in the body. I think the processes that go on in the body are still being discovered. I don't know how many processes are taking place just for me to walk. Amazing, eh? God's best creation. The one that when he looked at it, he said, this is very good. Yeah. Because the ability to connect spirit, soul, and body. Wow. Somebody say glory to God. Now, I want to talk about a few kinds and then I'll rest on the one that God wants us to rest on, which is the awareness that God wants to bring to us through dreams. 
But I must start by mentioning that demonic dreams do exist. By demonic dreams, I mean how they operate. I think I can liken it to First John, uh, no, to John 10 verse 10, where it says, the thief cometh not but to steal, kill, and destroy. And Jesus gives us an idea of how enemies work. Do you remember the time when the wheat were planted and it says an enemy, well men slept, came and planted tares? Let me give you an example of one I had. I can give you one, one I had. Eh? Not long ago, I think it was last year or something. I don't remember. But I dreamt of... Um, I dreamt of one of our members... And I dreamt of them in a very negative light. Like they just had, I don't know whether they were fighting or arguing, but they had like a very, it, it painted a very negative picture of them towards me and the ministry. And somehow that, and that was like on a Sunday morning. I, I, I didn't, I, I think because I was so busy trying to prepare, I didn't think about it. So I didn't pray. And I reached church and they made, I don't know how, but they were somehow one of the first people to greet me. They are not usually among the first to greet me. And then the moment they did, I felt off. Like, I don't know, it's like instinctively, I thought, you're even greeting me with those plans. <laughs> then I went in the office, and when I sat, God spoke to me and said, next day you're appointing that one to be one of the leaders. I'm like, what? I said, what about the dream? I said, that was Satan trying to interfere because they've got a big role to play. <laughs> Can you imagine that? So Satan would have stolen a relationship. Satan would have stolen a gift to the church. Now, can Satan show someone something? Yes. If he could show Jesus. Okay, let's look. Chapter 4, verse 5. That's why a spiritual man must judge all things. And you know how Satan is. If he knows you're prophetic, you're even the one he will target. Because he knows this one has more faith in their dreams than in, than in the counsel of God. And the law of, always remember this, the law of the Holy Spirit's counsel is greater than the law of dreams. Remember that. The, the Spirit's counsel supersedes and the counsel of the word. So now, then the devil, taking him on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. That's a vision. That's a vision. Be very careful. Be very careful. That's why if there's a, let's say there's a relative you don't like because there's a relative who went to a witch doctor and the witch doctor said that that person is, uh, don't even follow that. Anything you obey, you become a slave to. Even if the witch doctor is right. Haven't you ever, no, let me show you when I say even if the witch doctor is right. Acts 16, verse 16. Anything you obey, you become a slave to. That's the scripture. Acts 16, verse 16. Now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. Next verse. 
This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, these men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Doesn't that sound accurate? Notice, that sounds accurate. Let's continue. And this she did for many days. But it seems something was affecting Paul. Because he says, Paul greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. Listen, the moment people were to believe because of the testimony of an evil spirit, then who becomes greater? Who becomes greater? The one who testified that this is the one. That's why I'm not, I, I don't care. And you know, and by the way, this you must see even when you're casting out demons. Be careful with them. There are people who've lost their ministries because of what demons taught them. I'm telling you, there was, a, <laughs> there was someone casting out a demon on TV and said, who sent you? And mentioned the name of another pastor. And the, suddenly pastors were fighting. You guys, have you ever casted out those demons? Not these, not civilized ones. Have you ever casted out uncivilized demon? <laughs> You've never been in a meeting where someone is casting out a demon. I swear people who like interviewing a lot. Dana Kutuma, Abusa. And then everyone turned to the pastor. Oh. <laughs> Especially from the time the who sent you question came about. Oh my goodness. I don't know who's not been accused. Wait, you've never been there where you've been accused? I've received phone calls before that there was a deliverance session somewhere and my name was mentioned. <laughs> Matter of fact, the call came from another country and the person had a Nigerian accent. I'm not even joking. No, just tell me what you have done. That's, I made a decision. You know, I would, I would do that a lot. And then I realized this, those things can lie. And then one day I made a decision. I said, you know what? I, I, I think it's better I just improve my hearing of God and my gift of discernment. Ha! So you think, as in Satan wants to cause confusion in families. I'll tell you something. There are some innocent people who have been pointed at before. Because that's what he wants, to kill, to steal, to destroy. Okay? So, Satan can attempt to attack a person in a dream. There are others who've maybe dreamt they've stepped on something. They've woken up, their leg suddenly has trouble and it's not going away. They're being diagnosed the same way as anybody else. But for them, the medicine isn't working because it came from something else. The others who've dreamt all sorts of things. But this is the victory. One of the things I learned very early was to become very bossy. Let me give you an example. There's a disease that most, or should I say practically all men in my family would get. 
and usually it will begin to manifest at around the age of 16. I had done my research because from a young age I knew I would also have it. I'm not even joking. I began to mentally prepare for that life. And lo and behold, when I turned 16, somewhere around there, I had a dream that it was being put in me. And when they were about to put it, I blocked them off. And I remember I got up and I was so happy. I went to my pastor, I said, and I thought he would be so proud of me, like you did well to block them off. His answer changed my life. You know what he told me? Even if they managed, would that change what the scripture says about you? <laughs> There is a promise that comes with the ministry of casting out devils. You want to know what that promise is? Luke 10, 19. It ends with a promise. There is a promise that comes with the ministry of the believer's authority. And I believe this promise is exercised by the believer's authority. The same people who say, hey, me, I'm just not going to do anything because I don't want the devil to get angry. are the ones who get their attacks. Now, let's look at this. Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. What's the promise? And nothing shall by any means hurt you. And then, if we are learning on the believer's authority, what would I say there? How do you use that? Use that as a sword. You know, it says, and taking up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And the word used there is not in Greek. It's not the word logos. It's the word rema, right? And rema is a now word for a now moment. That's one thing I learned how to do early. Let me give you another example of how I used it. Like that rema. I told you about that experience I had about traveling, right? Now time came for the trip to actually happen. Then now I started noticing a feeling that I don't want to go. Now, when you've trained yourself to separate soul from spirit, you can tell this is no longer the prophetic. I'm just scared. I could tell it wasn't the prophetic. I think I was just scared because, hey, <laughs> I mean, that was like a near miss. So you're thinking, hey, should I go? And then I'm praying, I'm praying. And then a scripture I've always known came to me as a rema. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go. <laughs> that was the verse. And then I realized that the same God who protects you on earth is the same one who protects you in heaven. So in the heavens, because even the skies are the heavens. So you know what I did? I agreed with the word, but deliberately. First, I changed the airline. Secondly, I was specific about which type of plane because that specific type of plane had been crashing a lot. I think they'd even been recorded in other countries. So I specifically changed the plane. One hour before the flight, I received a message that your plane has been changed. It was now that other make. <laughs> I said, hey, and guess what I said? I said, praise God for everyone who's on the flight with me. Nothing can happen to them. I'm there. <laughs> I'm just saying, Satan can try to interfere with your life through dreams. He can try to suggest things. He can try to break things. He can try to bring things and all those. But the same authority that you have when you're awake is the same authority you have when you're asleep.
And you can use that authority in a very manifold way. One, let me tell you one of the ways I use it. For me, I can get up and just edit. Or even write it in my dream book. What I dreamt instead was A, B, C, D. You can tell when it's from Satan. It robs you of your peace. If anyone here <laughs> has had any issues because Satan brought something in a dream today. Okay. Very quickly, your body can also give you dreams. As a matter of fact, a lot of them come from the body. I think people call them what? Popcorn dreams? Can I give you an example of a dream from your body? Eating. Eating in the dream. What if you're just hungry? Now, I really have to say this because the number of prayer requests I receive. Pastor, you need to pray for me. I ate. <laughs> One of my favorite was when I was just starting out. Somebody was helping out. And they sent me a message. No, you really, really, really need to pray for me. Because what I ate in the dream today, I had chips. I had well-marinated T-bone. Uh, the... For me, it was the well marinated. <laughs> now, allow me to say this, and you can quote me on this one. There's nothing wrong with eating in your dream. <laughs> now, here is where the challenge comes in. Is there somebody in this world who maybe Satan used a dream and in that dream maybe he used food or something like that to attack them? It's very possible. It probably happened to multiple people. But then the moment you form a doctrine out of an experience, you know what you do? You spread fear of that experience. Now all Satan will have to do is use fear. But I can show you from the scriptures which are of higher authority. Isaiah 29 you know, I've taught this year before, except we're doing first service, second service, so I taught it, comma, six. So by the time people were entering, I'd already passed this part. As in, there were just like four loyal intercessors <laughs> who I taught this message to. Who, who were among the loyal intercessors? <laughs> I think there is another category after the loyal 99, right? <laughs> okay, let's go. Um, those services at six. As in, people would be so grumpy. Like the praise team is trying, damn it, they're just saying, damn it, totella. I don't know if you remember that. As in, it was so difficult to preach at six. Hey! They're yeah, preaching, they're connecting mics. Okay. Yeah, okay, let's. I said Isaiah what? 29 and I said verse 8, right? Let's read it. It shall be, it shall even be as when a hungry man dreams and look, he eats. But, <laughs> but he awakes and his soul is still empty. Or as when a thirsty man dreams and look, he drinks. And he awakes, and indeed he is faint, as he, and his soul craves. So the multitude of the nations shall be who fight against Mount Zion. 
He's given an example of Mount Zion, but he uses a paradox of what seems to be likened to a natural phenomena that when a hungry man sleeps, he dreams of eating, except he wakes up and <laughs> he's hungry. Or a thirsty man dreams and he dreams of drinking. Now, that really helped me and changed my life because me, I would have been the one then. Huh? <laughs> so the first times I battled with that thought because everyone just used to Google things from the internet and the internet had all sorts of ideas. And I once attended a very bad sermon in, in high school. I was, I was like, because at Major Boys would be separated into different groups. So I went into one of the groups and one of the guys was respected as very spiritual. I don't know, I hope it's not the same now in high schools, but back then to be it's respected about very, uh, as being very spiritual. And you should talk about the Illuminati, the Shani, the Shans, all, those were the ones. And one of them was given to teach. My goodness, I've never, I, I can count the number of bad sermons I've heard like that one. And he taught the meanings. If you dream of beans and it's more demons, if you dream of rice, then I was like, I was scared. I was scared. And the problem with being scared is Satan knows where to touch you. And then, lo and behold, one day, even before I read this verse, it just came across to me that why would I lose what God has given me because I ate something? And then that day, I dreamt of eating cake. I woke up and went to buy it. <laughs> That was it. So you have to realize some things can come from that realm. For example, you're going to have to be careful if you like someone because there's a chance you might dream the other one. <laughs> now, the paradox now, here is where the paradox comes in. The paradox is that there is no hard and fast truth. Can I tell you why I say so? Because God... It's very interesting. I feel like God loves jokes, you know, like he's, he's so, he's like such a storyteller. He, I think people who make movies, I think they got it from God. Like he, he's very interesting. Let me give you an example of why I say there's no hard and fast truth. So for example, if I was to come here and say, if you've ever dreamt of somebody you like, then it's wrong. I could be wrong. Some people it's been right. Others it's been wrong. That's what I'm saying. God is very interesting. And as we go on later, I'll show you how you can be able to tell. Because I've had dreams before. I don't know if anyone has ever had it. Where you have a dream and only 5% of it is from God. The rest was just your mind trying to make it entertaining. <laughs> Your mind was like, <laughs> so adds ka entertainment. <laughs> and then you wake up and shrug it off. And then, anyways, so God is very, God is very interesting in the way he thinks. And maybe that's why he asked me to, if you've noticed the way I've been preaching of late, God, has, God had asked me to just reveal more of how he's like. You know what I mean? So let me just show you. Acts chapter number 10. I, this will just show you how 
I really think we, we can't set so many hard and fast rules because I think the counsel of the Spirit supersedes all those things. And that's why as we go on, my aim is that we'll learn how to separate soul from spirit because we can do that. Acts 10, and I want you to see verse... Um, Nine. Verse nine. The next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. So this was what? What time was this? Come on, Bible interpreters. Twelve. This was twelve, eh? Sixth hour. I think comma twelve. Right? Okay, next verse. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat. So I think he did that thing we all do for uh, Prepare the food. And then he continued praying. <laughs> okay. So he became very hungry and wanted to eat. And while they made ready, he fell into a trance. Uh -huh. And so heaven opened. And an object like a great sheet bound at the four corners descending to him and let down to the earth. And in it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, thinkwala, and birds of the air. And the scripture that means a lot to me. And a voice came to him saying, rise, Peter, kill and eat. Praise God. Now, don't you think you would have thought maybe it's because I'm hungry? That's what I'm saying. God is entertaining. That's why, like, don't box him. As if he would do it the way he wants to do it. He can show you what he wants the way he wants to show it to you. As in God can... God! Anyway, who's ever had God showing you something through a cartoon? Like, literally, you can dream here in Simba the Lion King, and then he shows you this, this. God is so in... Ha! Like, he's vast, his methods. Now, and it says, kill and eat. Next verse. At this point, have you noticed that there's a combination of the body, the soul, and the spirit? Why? Because of his answer. He says... Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. So now that's showing you his... The dream was also attacking his perception and his disposition towards something. Let's go on. And a voice spoke to him again and said, What God has cleansed, you must not call common. So I be careful how you talk about other Christians. Don't call them common. Next verse. Uh -huh. This was done three times and the object was taken up to heaven again. Next verse. Now while Peter wondered within himself what this vision which he had seen meant, behold, the men who had been sent from Cornelius had made an inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate. And what happens next? And when they called and asked whether Simon, whose son name was Peter, was lodging there, well, Peter thought about the vision, the spirit, that's the key. The spirit said to him, behold, three men are seeking you. Before they even came upstairs, the spirit of God already told him, there are people seeking you. Next verse. 
Arise, go down, and go with them. Doubt in nothing, for I have sent them. Next verse. And then he went down and, you know, he met them and the like. Now, whenever, if you are to read when Peter had to give an account of this to the Jews, what did he start with? A vision. Because in essence, God was challenging his disposition towards the Gentiles. And he had to preach the gospel to them. But how coincidental is it for God to wait for him to be hungry and to want to eat and then to show him food and say, kill and eat. But what he really wants to talk about was preaching the gospel to the Gentiles. By the time we're done with this series, the stuff you will know about your God. <laughs> so now, I wanted to end today by telling you they can also come from your body. Um, you might be hungry, a dream of eating. Don't be concerned. Okay? Don't come to me for prayers. <laughs> Please, guys. <laughs> okay? Please. Spare me that one. Pastor said you're fine, okay? And for those who've been tortured in their dreams, today marks a change. Okay? Next week, we'll look at the soulish ones, and then we'll go to the ones from your spirit, and then we'll go to the ones from the Holy Spirit. Because even there, there's a distinction. And I'll also advise what you can pay attention to. So for your body, uh, pay attention to eating, Okay? Like, by that I mean, like I said, if you dream of eating, just go eat it, okay? You'll be fine. So, I hope some of you have been freed. Because, you, do you now understand why the Bible says they shall know the truth? <laughs> and the truth shall make them free. It doesn't actually say shall set them free. Have you read it? It says shall make them free. Sometimes you can be already set free, you've just not been taught the truth. I mean, think about this. Imagine you receive a prerogative of somebody's in jail, they receive a prerogative of mercy from the president. The moment he signed it, they are free. They've just not been taught. What do you think goes on in their mind the day they are taught it's tomorrow? Their mind can dream again. They can plan again. They can now plan, I think I'll go to Mandahill, then I'll do this and I'll do that. Before that, they can't plan for that. Have you been blessed? Now, can you tell I'm not done? I'm going to have to finish next week, right? And the other week, and the other week. So if you're one of those for today, you attend. The next week, you're attending elsewhere. Then the other week, elsewhere, you won't really enjoy this. But the, the end is, the, the, by the time we're done, I want this to be a church that's full of visions and dreams. Will that lead to a few mistakes here and there? I don't know. What would you rather have? A peaceful graveyard or a noisy kindergarten? I think it's better things are alive and there are a few mistakes here and there and we all grow than we just kill everything for the sake of order. That's why every time Paul talked about order, he says, don't forbid speaking in tongues, don't forbid prophecy and all that stuff. And the good thing is we've, had, we've got quite enough counsel to be able to train you with this. But I've got a question first. Are you born again? Are you saved? Have you given your life to Jesus? If not, you have to do so right now. It's not every day you get somebody in a white suit telling you come to the Lord. 
Right? And you know, there is nothing to be ashamed of because God wants you more than you want him. Praise God. Okay, so if you would like to confess Jesus as your Lord today, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand, and I don't want you to be too proud to lift it. Sometimes pride can manifest as shyness. I don't want you to be too proud to lift it, okay? Because your life has to be in order with God. And usually, you can tell. You can tell by how you live. And also when you check your heart, you can tell if things are okay. You don't want to negotiate your way to heaven because it won't work. Jesus is already the negotiation. Actually, he's more than that. He's the assurance. Praise God. Okay. So you can raise your hand quickly if you want to confess Jesus the Lord. I see your hand. Anybody else? Please lift your hands. I want you to say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. And I confess you as my Lord. Amen. Lift your hands. Thank you. In the name of Jesus. Receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. So now very quickly, um, is there anybody in here who's been consistently tormented in their dreams? And you'd like me to pray for you. It could be something that's recurring. It could be something that happened once, but it always seems to leave a scar. Or Satan seems to be assuring you of something that's not supposed to be. Come. Just come to the front. I want to minister to you. Lift your hands. Now in the name those for now, don't play anything. Those dreams of death, I command them to come to an end now. One of, I think it was Bernadette. Bernadette, you shared that testimony, right? Bernadette had a dream. What had happened is there was a job she was called for, and then they were not calling her back. And what was your dream again? dream, I kept going to a place. I, I woke up in the morning going somewhere. Okay, so what she's just said, she kept having dreams where she's going somewhere and she's not reaching. She's going and she's not reaching. Now her automatic interpretation was, oh, so now this is a spirit of delay. When she came and told me the dream, I was excited. I said, we now know what we're dealing with. And we rebuked it. Listen, don't let Satan suggest a lie to you. Don't allow that to happen. And I think it took just a week, the quarter for the job. So don't let Satan do that. My goodness, I sense the aggressiveness of God right now. Now, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I stand as a man of God. If there's anyone who's been afflicted by a foul spirit through their dreams, I rebuke it. If there's any lie that has been suggested through a dream, I denounce it. 
we stand as a church of Jesus Christ and we denounce every lie that has been said through a dream. You're not going to die. You're not going to lose that which God has given you. The Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And every tongue that rises in judgment against you shall be refuted. We denounce, we denounce in Jesus' name. And now I speak the fire of God into your dream lives. Your dreams were meant for encounters with God. They are cleansed and purged from all this stuff. In Jesus' name. Their freedom. Just pray with me. In the name of Jesus, every lie of Satan is cancelled. In Jesus' name. Every lie of Satan is cancelled. Just stand. And say after me. Say in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I submit my dreams to God. I receive instruction, direction, clarity, prophecy, counsel. In Jesus' name. Say even impartation. The name of Jesus. Now, Lord, I pray for your people. Let them be introduced to a higher realm of visionary experiences. Let there be an increase in visions. Let visions multiply. Let prophecy increase. And Lord, this is my prayer. May their words not fall to the ground. Lord, grant them. There are some who Right now, I, I don't know, I've never seen this before, but it's like, yeah, yeah, Grammy, hold on, please listen to this. There are some who it's like, there are those unfulfilled visions that God gave you, and you knew they were from God. It's like you're grabbing them now. That's what I'm sensing. Those, you're meeting them in the flesh. It's no longer going to be the same. Those, you meet them in the flesh. I declare a manifestation where there's been a, a, a gap where there's been a gap between what God shows you and what you receive in the flesh. I declare that gap is broken. It's bridged. It's bridged in the name of Jesus. And the bridge for that gap is intercession and prophecy. For a minute, pray. Claim those things that God showed you that you've not yet seen. Claim them. Mantaka yebehis. I touch them with my hands. I receive them in the flesh. I birth them, I birth them, I birth them and I meet them in the name of Jesus. Hey, 
Oh wow, what a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0777-930882. If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.